12 to 1 on Money FM 89.3. You're listening to 12 to 1 with Adrian Abraham. Joining us on the line is ABC News journalist Jason Dacey. Jason, always a pleasure having you on the show. It's been a while, but welcome back. How are you? I'm fine, Adrian. It's good to be back. Lots happened in Australia since we last spoke. I always look forward to speaking to you and sharing the news of my country to all the Money FM listeners. Yeah, let's start with former Prime Minister Scott Morrison. Now, he's being investigated for secretly appointing himself to multiple other ministries in 2020 and 2021. What more can you tell me about Mr. Morrison? Well, this was a big surprise. It came out uh, a couple of weeks ago that... Um, When Scott Morrison was prime minister before he lost the election in May in 2020 and 2021 in the height of the pandemic, he secretly appointed himself to multiple ministries in addition to being the prime minister, including finance and also resources and and many others without letting anybody know. And this was sworn in by the governor general, who, of course, is the person that oversees uh, the prime minister as part of our system here in Australia. But everyone was shocked when they found out that he'd uh, done this. So we saw Prime Minister Anthony Albanese, the new Prime Minister, uh, talk about how he was uh, very surprised about what happened. And the Solicitor General, which is like the lawyer uh, for Australia, has uh, gone and investigated this and said that it wasn't illegal, but it fundamentally undermined the principles of responsible government. So this uh, was something that will probably continue in a political sense. There are going to be more investigations into it. But certainly it was uh, out of order. And many uh, politicians now who are on the other side of politics, you know, with the, the Scott Morrison Liberal National Party government uh, are saying whether they knew about it or not. And, you know, it's a bit embarrassing, honestly. Uh, we saw the opinion poll come out for Peter Dutton, who's the current opposition leader who took over as the head of the Liberal Party after Scott Morrison lost the election. And he's very low in the approval ratings. And I bet it's connected with uh, this little scandal that's gone on. It certainly has. I mean, it was shocking to hear about this and what the former Prime Minister Scott Morrison was going through. But let's turn our attention to the unvaccinated Queensland teachers who've been docked wages. Now, this is rather surprising. I mean, the majority of the world is vaccinated, but there are still individuals out there who refuse to get the jab. So what is actually happening here in terms of them being docked wages? We're talking about the state of Queensland, where I am. Of course, that's Brisbane, the Gold Coast, the Sunshine Coast. The Queensland government will cut the pay of 900 of 54,000 public school teachers and education staff as a penalty for failing to get a COVID-19 vaccine. Now, this won't happen forever, but it will happen for a, a few months. I think it's between $25 and $90 a week over 18 weeks. And this is a way of punishing them. I don't know if I agree with this. I think, you know, getting vaccinated is something that I would recommend, um, but I don't know whether it should be mandated. And I don't think these teachers are posing any threat uh, to students or anyone else. So it's a bit rough, I think. Um, Obviously, there's been a bit of a fallout from it. Queensland Education Minister Grace Grace said disciplinary action was always on the cards for the unvaccinated workers. She said other states sacked their teachers. They took that drastic action. That was all part of a disciplinary process. We decided not to go with that. So rather than sacking the teachers, they are giving this penalty. But the Australian National University Chancellor and former Foreign Minister Julie Bishop, who's on the other side of politics, said the disciplinary action was a very harsh outcome. She says, surely we've moved on from this now. 
it's better to get your jabs while you can because it does help in the long-term effects of COVID-19 as well. From unvaccinated teachers to some rather sad news, Australia's king of pop, John Farnham, who sang the worldwide hit The Voice, he's undergoing surgery for cancer. Not looking too good right now, but what's the latest on his condition, Jason? Yeah, John Farnham is a singer that has been in the Australian spotlight since the 1960s when he was a teenage star. He's now 73 years of age. As you mentioned, he had that um, song, The Voice, that you hear on Singapore radio still. It was a hit around the world, and he's had many massive hits in Australia for many decades. He underwent cancer surgery overnight uh, for something in his mouth, which is something that is not good. It's a tumor in his mouth. And uh, they said that the operation was a success. It was 11 and a half hours to remove the tumor in his mouth. His family announcing the surgery had gone okay through a statement from his management. So we're just crossing our fingers and hope that he'll get through this. He's in the um, Melbourne ICU unit and he'll probably be there for some time. Yeah, let's hope he makes a speedy recovery. And also a few weeks ago, we had the terrible news of how Olivia Newton-John is no more, of course, very famous for her appearance in Greece. She was an absolute star there. She died earlier at the age of 73. But Melbourne is planning a day of celebration for her. That's true. Yes, uh, August the 8th was when uh, Olivia Newton-John left us. The star of Greece, Grammy award-winning artist, Physical was her big hit that Singaporeans will remember from the early 80s. But she had all sorts of uh, songs related to Greece. Uh, The Victorian state government, she's from Melbourne, is uh, planning a state celebration of her life, which won't be like a state funeral. It'll be really a happy occasion when they're going to play a lot of the songs from Greece from physical, from her country music in the 70s and all that pop in the in the 80s and 90s. And, you know, the outpouring of love for her was incredible. And she's 73 years of age, or she was the same age as John Farnham. And they were contemporaries uh, back in the 60s and early 70s emerging on the scene together. So, yeah, we have to kind of worry a bit about all our heroes passing away because, you know, time is rushing on and they are getting older, especially pop heroes from the 1980s. Very sad news coming out about Olivia Newton-John a few weeks ago. From that, we move into a very controversial topic. Well, a few months ago, we had the Wimbledon final where the Australian tennis player Nick Kyrgios, well, he was involved in a bit of an incident. In fact, he called out a fan for having one too many drinks and now he's being sued and he prepares to defend himself against that but I think the bigger story is he has to also defend himself against assault charges in Canberra. Indeed you know the Australian tennis star is always courting controversy and you mentioned the Wimbledon final he asked the umpire to eject a woman called Anna Pallas from Centre Court. Um, She later said she'd only had two drinks and she's taking legal action against the 27-year-old. Actually Kyrgios accused her of having about 700 drinks as she asked for the woman to be you know, ejected um, from the crowd there. And he was given a code violation for swearing after that spectator called out for a second serve. And Kyrgios then asked the umpire you know, to take action. And she was briefly removed from the court. She later said that she hadn't been drinking very heavily, just a couple of drinks. So now she's taking legal action against the world number 26 to clear her name. And you mentioned those uh, you know, assault uh, allegations. Uh, that case is involving a former partner, former girlfriend of Nick Kyrgios, and that's been delayed for about six weeks, but he will have to travel back to Canberra 
to address those um, allegations. So it's a, a tough time for Nick Kyrgios, especially as he prepares for the US Open that's uh, about to begin in Flushing Meadows over in New York. Yeah, Nick Kyrgios, never far from controversy. And uh, let's see how that sort of case against him goes. Not only the assault one, but also from being sued for telling that lady she had about 700 uh, drinks. <laughs> Sounds like you on a night out in Singapore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now that everything is uh, eased out, I mean, um, it is a lot more a free. Much. Life is back to pre-pandemic levels. Let's just put it that way. Your segments on cocktail bars and all that. So maybe uh, 700 might be an exaggeration, but I'm sure you're enjoying yourself just, now people are out and about just, again. Uh, just, uh, just a bit, just a bit. Before I let you go, Jason, let's talk about snow at the Blue Mountains. That's west of Sydney. As Australia shivers through a freezing winter with more heavy rain forecasts for the eastern seaboard. How's the weather? Well, here in Brisbane, it was another cold start today. And my wife, uh, who's um, you know used to live with me in Singapore, and she's originally from Hong Kong, she just remarks how cold it is every morning. You know, and when we've been here over the last few years, it's uh, been very mild in the winter. But every day here, it's about seven or eight in the morning, and and we've had three months of that. It's freezing, and of course, it warms up in the day. It's lunchtime now, so it's a lot warmer, but we are seeing snow just uh, west of Sydney at the Blue Mountains. I've got a friend there, Scott Thompson, who I worked in television with uh, many years ago. He loves posting photos on Instagram of the, of the snow. And, uh, you know, it's just about an hour's drive or so from Sydney, and there are, it's a winter wonderland on the Blue Mountains with uh, Lithgow and the Blue Mountains and Orange and Bathurst towns west of Sydney uh, in a covering of snow. So this is late August now, we're getting right on in the month. Spring's supposed to start on the 1st of September, but it doesn't look like it's uh, coming anytime soon. So, and you mentioned as well that the rain, uh, we are expecting a very wet spring coming up and a very wet summer, which could be more flooding for Eastern Australia, which is not good news because I've spoken on this show before, Adrian, about just how tough it has been this year in terms of uh, extreme weather. Extreme weather, you described it perfectly there. Always a pleasure having you on the show, Jason. Have a great rest of the week and we'll catch up soon. Thanks very much, Adrian. And I've just got to give a bit of a plug for a new project I'm working on with Oriel Morrison, who a lot of the listeners would remember from CNBC, a fantastic business presenter. She's launched the APAC Network with her business partner, Brent Reed, and uh, I'm contributing as a presenter and interviewer. And it's all aimed at the Asia Pacific Network. It's niche content that you're not going to find anywhere else. I invite people to check it out. The APAC Network is going to keep me busy doing stuff for that and for you, for ABC News, for 4BC and everything else that I do here in Australia. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.